Hey, what's up? I'm Danny Leibarger. I'm here with Emily Zell, and we're in the deconstruction zone. And this is our first episode, and we're going to be talking about deconstruction, what it is. And I thought a good way for us to kick off, Emily, was for you to talk about your desire to do this. Because I know, like, right mm-hmm. now in Christian culture, deconstruction is a hot topic. Do you do it? Do you not do it? Is it biblical? Is it taking you further away from Jesus? And I know you've been kind of going through your own process in this. And so tell me why it intrigues you and what you understand about it. Like what got you to this point and maybe why we're even doing this conversation now. Absolutely. I think why I'm so passionate about deconstruction is because so quickly there started to be so much fear around it in Christian circles. So if people were like, oh, I'm processing through some stuff, the church was like, oh, no. And it's like, I think what's what's hard and important about that is that what happens is it makes people who already maybe feel like they're not they don't belong in the church. It makes them feel like even less like they belong because they're going through this. Um, And so I think for me, as I was like wrestling, as I began and still am wrestling with a lot of things in faith and unlearning things, I had this moment um, where I was like telling my therapist, I was like, I'm just, I'm doubting so much. I hate this. And she looked at me and she goes, Emily, this looks to me nothing like doubt and a lot like seeking God. Mm. And I think that that's what's important and why I want to flip the script on deconstruction is because I think we see it as this like running away from God, when in reality, I think deconstruction is often seeking who God actually is instead of who we were taught that he was. Yeah, that's really good. And I think like, so this is to a unique audience, right? So like a lot of people that are deconstructing are not on Christian, right? I mean, people that are deconstructing have grown up in the church. And Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a unique audience, right? We're talking to people that have grown up in the church and then they've questioned what they've been taught or they've had these doubts that they were never able to express. And maybe they're brand new to faith and they're like, well, now what I've been told initially, I'm just not into. And so Mm. I think personalizing its story has a lot of really important aspects in deconstructing because sometimes we feel really isolated and alone. Uh, And so just share a little bit more like about like your faith experience, Grant, because I think you actually fit within a larger group of people than maybe someone deconstructing understands and just knowing where you come from and your perspective and how you got here might be helpful for someone as they're kind of just dipping a toe into this process. Yeah. And I'm excited about this too, because I think we come from slightly different like church backgrounds and I think we bring different stories, but both have like unlearned and rethought some things. I grew up in a very traditional reformed background. Um, Grew up very Presbyterian. Yeah, and say like, for a second. So like sorry. maybe someone doesn't know yeah. what reformed means. Like uh-huh. I, I remember I was a pastor for like five years <laughs> and people kept telling me they were reformed. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. That's so like what is a reformed cool. person? What is that? Basically the big thing with reformed is like the Bible is everything. Like they would do the like solas, like sola scriptura, like mm. scripture is everything. That's the big thing is going back to scripture and less to maybe church leadership. Mm. Um, and then also a big thing with, the Reformation and with Reformed theology is the idea of Calvinism or like you didn't choose any of this, like God chose you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing up in that, there was a lot of, it was a very cerebral church upbringing. Like I was right mm-hmm. next to a seminary in our denomination. I mean, we had all the like cage stage Calvinists. So the people yeah. who were like, mm, I just want to talk about how we didn't choose God every day. <laughs> um, and So I think growing up in that and feeling like I had a lot of certainty, but also Mm. growing up in a denomination where women weren't allowed to do a lot, it was this, it was this weird dichotomy of me pursuing a lot of knowledge and a lot of certainty, but also feeling like I didn't have a lot of places to go with that knowledge. Mm. 
But all that to say, I I ended up um, attending a non-denominational church for a little bit a few years ago and then started to really think like, oh, there are other valid ways of interpreting the Bible instead of the one. Because a big thing in my denomination is they would say, we're the ones that take the Bible seriously. Yeah, right. And so, so I was so scared, right, when I like started – I don't know, dabbling in other denominations. I was like, do I not take the Bible seriously? Like, um, and so basically I ended up just starting, how I found out about deconstruction is I actually like found this random podcast that I like, it was the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to it and I was like, what is this deconstruction? And at first I was like, oh, like can't really go there. But also they named some things about my experience that I didn't have words for. Mm. Um, and so I think as I've, I've heard deconstruction described as like taking all the furniture out of your house Mm. and then, and like looking at it all and then being able to bring back in what is helpful instead of saying like, well, this is my mom's lamp or this is my dad's couch. So they have to be here. I'm going to take them out of the house for a little bit. And if I bring them back, I've chosen to bring them back. And that's been a really vivid image for me in my deconstruction is saying, let's just take everything apart for a second. And then that doesn't mean I'm throwing everything. I'm not throwing all the furniture away. I just need to reexamine it and have a little more autonomy over my worldview house, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're moving into a house to live, right. And like someone else lived there before you. And Mm -hmm. like, I think about people that move into furnished apartments, like you have to find the perfect furnished apartment to take someone else's Mm -hmm. crap. Right. Yeah. Or even like moving in with my wife, right? Like we had a lot of, I'm not nostalgic at all. And so like there are things that I want to get rid of because they have no value to me or I see no function out of them. And mm. I think that's a little bit what you're saying here, right? Like, cause we're going through our faith. There's lots of doctrines and theologies and things that have been thrown at us growing up and trying out a process. Like, is that actually a helpful thing to my walk with Jesus? Cause I think, and you could tell me if I'm wrong in this, like that's what deconstruction at its core is getting to, right? It's mm. not trying to tear down a system or or tell Christian leaders they're wrong, but it's deconstructing the things that are kind of preventing you from actually moving closer to Jesus. Like, would you affirm, like, what would you say? Like, as you think the point of deconstruction, like, what are you trying, like, what do you hope to get out of it? Like, why are you doing this? Mm, Wow. What a good question. I think to me, the point of deconstruction is sifting through all of the things that ultimately were harmful to me and didn't, and weren't like helpful in my pursuit of God and my understanding of him. And so, yeah, deconstruction is kind of like taking the time to take a very serious look and evaluate my beliefs and see what is helpful and what is harmful. And that's really scary because when you're taught that like you can't really trust yourself, people are like, okay, well, you're just trusting yourself to see what's helpful and harmful. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. I think we often deconstruct in community and process things. Hmm. But a big like quote that I've thought about as I deconstruct is this idea, if it's bad psychology, it's bad theology. Mm. And I've really just like, I just love the idea that like, if God made us for himself, then I don't believe that he would make our bodies to have a negative reaction to something true of him. Mm. And so I can actually start to listen to my body and listen to myself and see like, if this is harmful or hurtful to me, I really doubt that that is true of God. Because I, if I'm made for God, he wouldn't make me to be able to be harmed by something true of him. Hmm. And that's been like a game changer. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge shift, right? To yeah. add it. I mean, there's some of it's making, it's finding your role within mm. God's story and your role within processing 
your faith and all of that. And I don't like, so for me as like a Christian leader, as a pastor, deconstruction is and can be really scary. Uh, and I think about this a lot, like what makes it scary for people in my position, pastors, leaders, whatever. And I think it comes back to like our fear of maybe losing control and the institution shifting and, and not looking like what we thought it was going to look like going through massive changes internally, but also institutionally can be really scary. And so I know like it's a hard process for me to do personally in my own faith. It's also a hard process to do as a leader, but like, how have you experienced that for you? Like going through deconstruction, like talking with other friends, talking mm. with other leaders, talking with other pastors, like people that like you went to Christian high school, like talking with people yeah. on that experience. Like what has that journey been like? Cause there's somewhat of like a, it's not something you, I mean, you get to do it alone, but also mm. when people start to hear about it, like it evokes different emotions. Right. And so what yeah. emotions have been evoked around you from friends, leaders, family members, whatever, as you've told them, you're kind of going through deconstruction just as a way of like helping. Cause I know for some people that might be the biggest fear is like, how will people respond to me? And so if you gave someone like an honest perspective where you're mm. at and what that's been like, I think it'd be really valuable. And I think I would say that's the hardest part of deconstruction in a lot of ways. And I mean, I kind of almost feel like I kind of like <laughs> came out as deconstructing. Like it's yeah. kind of like this thing that you have to like, you don't have to, but if you want to like feel like you're really known by people around you, you say like, this is yeah. what I'm wrestling with and processing. Yeah. Cause you're kind of also like pushing, not like pushing back, but you like have to, if there's a claiming of like, this is where I was, this mm -hmm. is where I hope to be. And I'm in this like liminal space between and like claiming that and be like, Hey, I'm actually moving into this new space, right? You have to kind mm -hmm. of come out in that. Right. And say like, this is what we're doing. And I think, I think what's hard, a lot of people, especially who had authority over me in the past, I feel like I've reacted the most, I don't want to say negatively, but kind of like maybe with the most fear or frustration um, is because I think, I think when they see me who they like led when I was younger, they see me deconstructing. I think they often see that as like them failing. Uh, yeah. Because when we say like, hmm. I mean, think about what we often use the proverb to tell parents, like train up a child in the way they should go. And when he is older, he will not depart from it. So like if we have that, if parents have that in our head yeah. and then their kid is deconstructing, well, they're like, what did I do wrong? Mm. That I think that's often the question. And I have to remember that when I have hard conversations about deconstruction is rarely is it actually about me as much as it is. I think their feeling of like failure or insufficiency. Mm. Um, and I mean, there is hard reactions. And I think the hardest one for me is the overwhelming like worry from people that I felt mm -hmm. like and maybe that's my own pride but I hated that feeling like I told someone I was like just she was she asked me she was like Emily you've talked a lot about how you don't like how people <laughs> react to your deconstruction how would you like them to respond mm. and I was like oh, crap that's a good question <laughs> it's way easier to complain yeah, but, um, right. <laughs> and I was like I just mm. I was like can you just not feel so worried for me like yeah like, can you trust me a little bit hmm. and that I can be discerning and especially growing up hmm. in a reform circle that we believe like you cannot lose your salvation. It's been so frustrating to me that the reform people are the ones that seem to react with the most fear. Yeah. Because I'm like, one, sorry, <laughs> a little tangent. One, if you're reformed, then you should be wholeheartedly on board with the idea of wrestling with things that have been true of the past church. Right. Because that's what the reformers did. Mm -hmm. 
But also, if you're reformed in a sense that you believe that salvation is secure, why are you so scared that like I'm going to lose it? Like, I don't like, I don't know, live in that security. That's that that theology gave me the security to begin deconstructing mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm it's not that easy for me to lose God. Yeah. So I'm able to go through this. Mm. Well, I'm excited. I think this is gonna be a fun journey to go along with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we have some fun things we're going to talk about as we go through this. And I think if nothing else, it's going to be helpful for you and I to process where <laughs> we're at in this. But I think our greatest hope and desire is like, there are other people truly deconstructing. Uh, and I think the the analogy of being a parent was actually that like resonated mm-hmm. with me in a way that I hadn't thought about. Cause I think about my three kids, if I see them doing something that I would not on surface level see as valuable, it would give me pause and it would make me kind of wonder but I think also to the understanding of a parent, like I have to trust that like I've raised my kids up in a way that they know that exploration and asking questions is right and that they are going to be guided in a way that's going to lead them to a fruitful place. And so I think that's what I hope, at least for me, as we go through this, like not only are we moving to a more fruitful place, but we can help others uh, process through that. I love that. And I think like one thing that's been a game changer for me too is I saw this tweet and I'll just paraphrase it, but basically she said like, when I when I see the people deconstructing, it's usually been the people who took it the most seriously when like took church the most seriously when we were younger. Mm. And she's like, you let us read the read the words of Jesus. And we took that seriously so much so that we end up following him out the door. And like at the end of the day, she said, like she was like, we're not people who are deconstruction. People who deconstruct are not evangelical dropouts. They're graduates. Mm. And that like. Oh, like yeah. the idea that deacon and I'm like, I don't want people to hear like, if you're not deconstructing, <laughs> you didn't take it seriously. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a point that I think deconstruction happens in like taking Jesus seriously and seeing the dissonance between Jesus and like what the church is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a there is a level of. And I, I pause in saying this because I don't want to seem like it is like a graduation, like you need to deconstruct. Yeah. But there is a level of like some sort of maturity where like you're confident enough in where you are to question it with the hope that you'll know Jesus better on the other side. And I think like I use the example of Peter a lot. Like I think he, I don't know if we would use deconstruction as the most analogous thing, but he asked a lot of questions. He failed. He pushed mm-hmm. back. I think Thomas pushed back, right? There are people in scripture in Jesus's time that, did whatever the like real time version of that is. And it led them to a place where they maybe wouldn't have been otherwise. And I think that's my, like we can help people that are in that process get there. So. So Danny, my question for you is, is like, as we've been talking about deconstruction and my own deconstruction, Mm. like, do you feel like this is a process that you have gone through or are going through or like, where is your deconstruction journey at? Yeah. That's a good question. Like I, so I grew up pretty evangelical. So similar to you though, not in quite reformed circles. Mm -hmm. Uh, though I remember like the biggest thing we talked about growing up was like predestination all the time. And like, were we like preordained by God to do this or did we have free will? And I look back, like when I went to seminary, I was like, we like never talk about predestination. (laughs) Like we talked about this so much in youth group and like, I don't know if I've ever talked about it since, but it's, it's been an interesting journey for me because I've been deacon, like I've always felt very passionately connected to Jesus and I've had a deep love for the church, but as a pastor has been doing this for a decade plus, like I look around and I just see areas that 
the organization has failed people and has led people further away from Jesus. And so, mm. like, I have not deconstructed a lot of who Jesus is or what Jesus said, but the systems and structures that, like, the organization I've committed my life to has built up around that. And so some of that is, like, I've worked in attractional model churches, and I loved it because I was in churches that were so insider-focused. And so that was a pushback to that. And then I was in the attractional model. I was like, well, now all we're doing is just getting butts and seats. And I've started to work my way around that. And so, and then even with like human sexuality and my understanding of that, like there's things that scripture tells us, there's things that context tells us and having to like, kind of like you said, like empty all the furniture out of the room and look at the room for itself and then start to look at the pieces that fit within there and actually make sense. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before, like I did not grow up United Methodist, which is what uh, the church I pastor is, but we... Uh, now being in it, we have a kind of a theological framework for how we understand things, which is through scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. And I think that is actually, I don't think John Wesley created it as a deconstruction tool, but I think it's been the most helpful tool for deconstruction and that like scripture is still really important, but we're reasonable people who have experience and the traditions of where we've gone as a church have really mattered. And it's been a really helpful tool for me. And so I don't, I'm like, also like in the Enneagram, I'm an eight. So like questioning things and challenging things doesn't bother me a ton. Like I actually get a lot of joy out of it. So <laughs> I don't know, like for me, it's always been a process that I feel like I was designed to do. Mm. And it's never pushed me further away from church. The biggest thing that like I left my first pastor job in like 2010. And I worked there for 10 months. And the, the only thing that made me deconstruct the idea that church might be valuable was the pastor told me that we were reaching too many unchurched people. And I was like, like, that seems pretty whack. And so that was like the only thing that's really pushed me far away. Mm. So I felt really close to Jesus, close to the church. And now I'm just trying to like, while I'm in the system, kind of pull down some like unhelpful shingles and put up new wallpaper inside it and go through that process. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like being inside it, you have to and sometimes put on two different faces because you have to always be championing what's going on, but mm. also creating space for others to ask you questions, which is what I appreciate about the well. It's like, I feel like we've done a pretty good job allowing people the space to ask questions. I've tried to be vulnerable in leadership. Be like, I actually don't have all the answers. Um, but again, we've talked about this too. Like certainty is really like enticing. And so I think we also turn some people off because we don't provide what I would say, like the myth of certainty within our context. So I don't know. I was like, I'm a verbal processor. So I don't know if I actually answered your question or not. No, I love that. I mean, I think the certainty thing is so huge, but one thing I want to go back to is when you're talking about like, I've always had this care for the church, something that I have found in my deconstruction and others is a, a big critique is like, why do you care so much? Or like, why are you so mad? Because I think, I think there's a time where anger is an appropriate response when you feel like things that you have grown up and learned mm. have, have hindered you from knowing God. I think it's okay to be angry about that. But what people say is like, well, why are you getting so upset? And it's like, if I didn't care then I wouldn't actually like, right. then I have no love for the church. Um, I think it's Tim Keller that says the opposite of um, love is not hate. It's apathy. Mm -hmm. Like if I didn't love the church, then I would, I just wouldn't care. But there's some deep love and connection to the church, which is why, why we're like taking this to heart yeah. and why it isn't intense. Mm. Like it takes up so much brain space for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's times when it can be really exhausting. Yeah, I think about like my baseball coaches growing up. My parents were always like, if your coach yells at you or like gives you more attention to like help break, because I have like a lot of like mechanical bad habits. So like deconstructing how I played mm -hmm. baseball, right? And it, like 
if he didn't care about me, it would have been apathy because I saw the players that like he wouldn't help work through things. And so I think that's really good, like investing in rebuilding something. And even if it looks harsh on the outside is actually a sign of like deep care about that thing you're working through. Not like I hate this thing, so I'm going to critique it like I actually care about it enough that I want to like see it move to a fuller picture uh, of what it is. So but so I think we could talk for like an hour about this. But we want to not put in a whole season in in one episode. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to come and the next time we get together, we're going to talk about what maybe is, at least for you, but I think for many people, the foundation of their deconstruction or where it starts is the Bible. Mm. And so I think that's an exciting conversation. I know we've already had a little bit of conversation on it, but I'm excited to dive into it. And so as a tease, as we go into it, like, do you have any, like, why are you excited to talk about deconstructing the Bible with people in our next episode? I think I'm excited to talk about deconstructing the Bible because similarly to what you were saying about the church, it has always been something very important to me. And that hasn't gone away even as I've deconstructed it. It's just looking different. Mm. And when I reframe my relationship to it, that doesn't mean I like love it less or care about it less. It just means like I've made the relationship healthier, Mm -hmm. um, which I know we'll talk about. But I think I think that is what's exciting to me and important to me as we talk about the Bible, because I almost think that we see that in deconstruction as like the untouchable thing in deconstruction. And so to be honest, that's a big part of it and be Mm. okay with that and feel the freedom in Christ to like really talk about this. Like, I think that's important. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We're going to go into it. Uh, We didn't, we should have had a sign off. So. Oh yeah. uh, Should we have like a saying? I gotta go. I gotta go. (laughs) What's well, like a construction <laughs> saying? Look out. <laughs> Look out below. <laughs> I'm going to end him with I gotta go. I'm going to keep with that. I like it. <laughs>